right. What's up, guys? This is Jay Daniel here with my co-host, Victor, and this is the Sales at Home podcast. Today, introducing Cody. Uh, Victor, can you do the honors? Yeah. So, Cody, thanks for coming on. Cody is the the other half of GSD. Uh, we had Rahul on earlier a uh, couple couple episodes ago, maybe episode 15. We had him on. Um, now, we got in contact with Cody, and, and we've kind of both been in and around Cody. So, we're like, you know what? Let's just have Cody on see from his point of view, the other half of GSD, and what's going on in the industry for Cody. Um, before we start off, I've seen your guys' content explode lately. Um, mm-hmm. The two of you have been going on and on and on about everything that you're doing and the, the new projects that you guys have put out. Um, can you just talk a little bit about, you know, first introduce yourself, talk a little bit about what you do and why the sudden push? Yeah, so I mean, look, I've been doing this for 10 more than 10 years. God, it's hard to remember, but myself been about 10 years partnered with uh, Rahul in that agency for about six now or something like that. And we've been doing the GSD for a few cents. And so lots and lots and lots and lots of industry experience. Um, the, the GSD is just us teaching people what we are actively still doing. So it was something that we saw. There's a few too many kids just talking uh, kids i'm only like you know 33 years old but still people who just had no experience doing this shit or did it for like a year and they were given outdated practices outdated strategies to people and then when it didn't work they couldn't provide the insight as to well what now it was just well you know work harder and show up to the calls and shut up and so we wanted to to take our experience look we our, our agency does really well it's one of the top rated agencies in, in la so we didn't need to be coaches in fact i didn't want to be a coach but we just got kind of sick of seeing it and so we started it out almost almost as like a hobby just to be like oh we're gonna start this group we're gonna shoot the shit and we don't want to give our knowledge away for free because people who aren't invested don't tend to use it um and it's just spiraled from there and so we keep it real um and we still practice what we preach and it's been super helpful so we'd like to bring all of our experience to the fold and and to that end we've just been ramping up that 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 noise machine lately. So, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook groups, we've acquired uh, a couple other people's coaching programs lately who didn't want to do it anymore and didn't have the best quality content. And so we've been ramping all of that up and it's a disservice to people to not, to not be putting it out. I mean, the world we live in right now, man, the short form content reels specifically, um, and then just being able to repurpose stuff is just so easy to do. And you can just push it out on so many different platforms with just the same piece of content repackaged in a few different ways, said maybe with a different angle. And you can you can do exactly that. And suddenly people are coming and telling you they're seeing you all over the internet. Yeah. Awesome. So you and Raul have been partnered, you said, for about six years. How'd you guys meet? How'd you guys get together? Uh, we met just specifically through doing a couple of projects together. <clears throat> so it was a long time ago now. What I say? Six years. I think I could be longer. I don't know. I lose track of time. COVID made me completely blind <laughs> to what year it is anymore. So, yeah. but we, we did a couple of projects together. It went really well. Um, I personally hate business partners and me and Rahul are both a little rough around the edges. So it wasn't something you would think would happen, but we happened to complement each other, have the same kind of work ethic, had some strengths where the other ones found weaknesses. So it was, it was good. It just happened to work from there. Uh, we did that. Then we did the real estate rainmaker thing. Then eventually we decided to just merge our agencies. I had one up here in Vancouver. He had that one down in LA. We merged them together, uh, ramped them up, and then started the coaching program. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So what, what exactly do you do as far as the GSD? Do you guys have different roles that you play, or is it like... Oh, are- I, I do everything. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, you think it's a fucking joke but it's not a joke I do no. all 
Rahul's an old man now. He's retired. He's one foot out the door, dude. He, he does whatever he needs to do on that day, and I do all the rest of it. Now, we have a team. Look, respect to, to our team. We have a sales team, setter team, ops team, um, the agency. We have project managers, funnel builders, and all that shit. My primary role now is managing the marketing that we're going to be doing, being kind of the face of the videos and showing up and doing the trainings and all that shit because I got that youthful energy. <laughs> I suppose that, right? And I, I do occasionally dive into... Uh, sales and stuff because I, I'm a real you know I, I'm a practice what you preach kind of person um, so when we roll out new offers and the way the industry is right now you kind of got to be rolling out new offers pretty consistently to be testing new angles new shit uh, I will always go and sell that myself first so I'll do my own setting first and I'll do my own sales first just for a little bit I want to get a few calls booked and understand the lingo to get them there. I want to record it and I want to give it to my team and I want to go out and I want to close a bunch of deals. I usually get at least, you know, somewhere between five and 10 sales call recordings where I personally closed the deal and had to handle some objections so that my salespeople can now hear how I did it. So if I have it boiled down to a specific step-by-step -step process of how to sell it and what is making people buy, all you have to be good at as a salesperson is sales. So now yeah, you yeah. go do your job and here's the process and I know it'll sell. I know how to provide that clarity to the prospect. I know the process to do it. Now you just have to have your own sales skills internally to be able to make that happen. But I, I can't, without removing that variable by doing it myself, I can't do that. So I, I do dabble in that side of it a little bit. So when yeah, I say everything- Rinse and repeat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So do you find it hard to, you said all the sales person has to be good at is sales. Do you find it hard that- Imagine, eh? Yeah. Do you find it hard to find salespeople who are good at sales right now, like in the way the industry is right now? I find it hard to be, to find salespeople. Look, there's, there's some, some companies out there and we're, we're good friends with a lot of them. So I'm, I'm not throwing stones at them, but they're, they're churning out salespeople with entitlement issues. Mm -hmm. um, and so my biggest thing now, I honestly, we've gone through a few of them and they were good salespeople. I'm not saying they weren't good salespeople, but they weren't a good culture fit for us. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to know that, like, look, if you if you show up on a Wednesday and there's only one sales call on your calendar that day, that you're not just going to take that call. And if it doesn't show up, the rest of your day is done. And you're going to sit there and whine, bitch and complain that the machine didn't feed you enough resources. Like, you got to be able to know, well, you've got to work, dude. You This is how a job works. Go prospect. That's part of sales. Go figure it out. And it, a lot of them weren't willing to do that. So yeah, they might be good at sales, but you know, they weren't willing to go find the people to talk to. They weren't willing to do any of that other stuff. And, and I do blame, you know, a lot of these high volume machines that are working right now where they're placing these people and they're teaching them shit and they're just, they're giving them this sense of entitlement. They're almost teaching them to be entitled. And I think it's creating a lot of friction uh, between sales reps and, and the companies. Now that, that really... I mean, look, even at our, our, our level, and we, we do quite, we, we do good numbers when, and our salespeople take home good revenue. I still expect you to be able to, to show up and do the fucking work if it happens to be that there's an empty day on the calendar, right? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's a, that hunter gatherer. Um, yeah. And they've all, I think a lot of them have lost that. We incubate them now. So we, yeah. we, we've always, as part of what we do for our, for agency clients and all that shit is we actually will play setters and all that shit, but we'll take some of the real good people that we come across Right. And, and we want to see like, number one, when I, I made a post the other day, we found one of our, one of a good, a good, good setter the other day, a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago now. And I think the post I did was inside our two Facebook groups, about 15,000 ish people in there between the two. And I literally said, I don't give a fuck if you have experience. In fact, I'd almost prefer you don't. All I care about is that you're super hungry and you're coachable. If you can prove those two things to me, we'll be able to make some money together. 
And the nice. guy's already set, you know, two appointments per day. We've closed three, three at least piffies. And he's just kind of got started last week. So like, it's, it's that kind of shit that you need coachability, hunger, and let them kind of grow from one role to the next. Learn how to do my, my opinion now, now that we've gone through this a lot is learn how to do the setting shit really good. And then fucking close it yourself because then you can go set appointments for yourself and close them when you need to. What's yeah. wrong with that? Yeah. So maybe you bring up an interesting point. Like, how can someone prove to you that they're hungry and coachable? Like, how do you want someone to approach you? You can tell culture pretty quick, or, or maybe I've just been around enough people and idiots to, to really get that feel. But look, I, I you know, if, if people say you are the, the, the average of the 10 people you hang out with the most, well, I spent my early life hanging around a bunch of fucking idiots who have no ambition. So now I, I know what that is. I, mm-hmm. I remember those people. Okay. And now I'm around successful people because I go out of my way to buy new friends. We spend a minimum six to maybe multi six, depending on the year figures, buying into networks, buying into information. I don't even usually give a shit about the program. I just want to be around the higher level people. <clears throat> and so now I can see that shit too. So for instance, this guy right on his, right on his interview with us just came out and telling us like why he, why he needs this, but not in a, I'm desperate. So I'm going to bullshit my way through this kind of way. It was like, here's all the fucking work I just did for this other company. And I worked my ass off and I will do that. I did that without, without excuse. I just didn't get results because they weren't listening. They weren't training. They weren't helping. And I promise I'm going to do the same for you. And I was like, cool, man, if you do do that, we'll be making money in no time. You get your, your base and you're going to make so much money off the sales. And he already is. He's already making just life-changing money for him because he's already made three or four piffies off of like a week's worth of fucking work. And he works night and day. So you can, you understand it in the beginning. Now we have a process for all of our salespeople. And this is, you know, a little secret sauce for everybody out there listening to the, to the podcast of the future. We have a process where we assume two things. Everybody is an idiot until proven otherwise. And everybody's a bullshit artist, especially salespeople. And their whole point of them is they got to be able to sell themselves. Right. So those two things taken into account, you can't take an interview at face value. So we have a few steps in a process. One, we make them go through effort before they get to us. Two, we make sure they're a culture fit above all else on the interview. But then three, you're not hired at the end of the interview, no matter who the fuck you are. That's not how it works. So we, we gamify the process. We will call it earn while, earn while they learn process immediately after we hire them. And there's a whole game. We have point systems and they earn points for booking a call, booking a sales call from that call and, and or closing the deal themselves and or if somebody else closed the deal that they booked. Different point valuations based on that. It's a 10-day process and they have to hit a certain number of points in order to be able to continue on with us. If they don't hit the points, they're fired. And it takes, it takes the whole point of like... You know, we, we're humans, right? So we like people, we start working with them. And we're, at first we're like, yeah, this guy fucking sucks. I'm going to fire him right away. But then we don't because we're people, right? Because it's like, oh, you know, he did okay. He'll probably be, you know, he'll do all right. And if you've ever read the book, uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins, love that, love that old business book. So I, I read that all the time. The concept they have on there is uh, get the A players on the bus, get the right people on the bus. But the other concept he says is that most people, most leaders in a business will drag these B players and C players along with them on the bus. And they think that they're helping them and that eventually they'll come around and they'll be better for your business and it'll all work. But what you're actually doing is you not only are you making your business suffer, but you're actually hurting them in the process because this is not their 
chosen path. This is not the thing they're going to be great at. You fucking know it. They know it. And you're all just clinging to desperation and not wanting to invest the resources. Him invest resources in finding a new job. You invest resources in training a new sales rep. But all you're doing is damaging both sides of the party, right? And so this gamification takes kind of that emotion out of it. And it's just, look, we agree to this at the beginning. You're either learn. So we do a training bit. And then once you're ready, you start the game. And if you fail, you fail, man. And it's, it's, you know, no hard feelings. The game is purposely designed to be mediocrely hard. It's not the hardest thing in the world. It's just a little bit harder than easy to make sure you've gained your base level of skills and we can level up from then on it. And I think that that super important, super important for choosing new sales reps. Yeah. I love that. Cause it, like you said, it takes that, that guesswork out. Yeah. It's just like, all right, we're not trying to kill you. Like we're not asking you to stand on your head and like run in circles. We're just asking you to put in a little bit more than minimal effort. Yeah, nothing, nothing unreasonable at all. Yeah, simply prove that you can do the f- job that we're trying to get you to do. That's it. If you can't do it, then go find something you're good at, man, because it's not going to be this. <laughs> Who do you think? And and this kind of comes off of of your experience in hiring people, but what what industries translate better into sales? Do you think? Oh, high ticket coaching is perfect for sales. That's why there's so many machines churning them all out. What are you kidding me? I know people, I, I mean, I, one other industry, I have a buddy who I've personally, he's just a friend. So I've just personally helped him with some of his sales. He sells um, like gasoline to, to big, big trucking companies. So he's like a, a gas card company and they got a, there's a bunch of different options. There's different price points, all that shit. So it's very high ticket sales. He makes good money and some of it's really easy, but some of it's not. And so that, that, that's an industry, anything where you're making like a big fucking sale, right? Now, everybody thinks this shit's high ticket, right? Everybody's like, oh, because you're selling like some of these coaching programs, you get like 30, 50K programs, you get a nice little 20% chunk of that or 15. If you're, if you're working for a different company, they got a setter, right? That can add up, right? You're, you're talking five, 10K per sale. If you get a piffy, a lot of it's going to be payment plans, which, you know, a lot of the programs don't tell you because they're assholes up, up front, but you make your money. Eventually you get there and you're moving. But like, look, there, there's like, there's sales roles you can get in, in the corporate world where you're selling hundred thousand to million dollar packages where you can make commission on that too. Mm-hmm. So everybody's stuck in this, in this thought process that this is just like, this is high ticket and this is, this is so hard. No, there's, there's much bigger levels to this shit, but the skills you learn is so applicable to those next level stuff. And you're so in the weeds in the high ticket coaching and agency space with you're getting into like, there's not a lot of other places where they teach you to dig so far into pain points, right. And, and mm-hmm. be the doctor and create these frameworks. And those frameworks work so fucking good everywhere else. You use some of like, I've read, if you guys have read uh, Chris Voss's book, Never Split the Difference, if you start using like calibrated how questions in everyday life, you'll be amazed at the stupid shit people will just, they just like to talk, man. They just like to talk. Like I, I like to tell people, you know, just start asking people the calibrated how question and they will tell you everything you want to know. I use that in discovery. When I do sales calls, I'm like, okay, cool. Here's where you are right now, right? And that's the goal you want to hit right? We're, we're in agreement there. Cool, cool, cool. So outside of this conversation, like before you talked to us, before you found any kind of comprehension of a solution, you know, how were you planning on doing that? How are you going to accomplish that goal? And inevitably, they will drone on and on and on about all the good shit that they do, because that's what people want to do. They talk. But the thing is, with that question, eventually they get to whatever the hell they're here to talk to you about. Like, I'm fucking amazing at this, 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 but this just never seems to be able to come together. So I've never been able to break it. Boom. 
And if you create your entire conversation based around that one thing, you'll sell them. If you can prove to them you can fix that problem, you should be able to, if you have a good product and you're a good salesperson, you'll get the sale. That is invaluable shit for every other level of the game. And people just don't, I don't think people realize that, you know, they, they, they get stuck and they, they don't normalize fast enough and, and look outside of these industries that we're in to find other opportunities to use. It. Yeah. Do you think that's a result of the programs pushing them out? I think a lot of things is the result of the programs pushing them out, but it's really hard. It's really hard to, to blame these guys. Cause you know, it, it's the way it's everything at scale has flaws when you get to these kind of service programs. So it is what it is. I'm sure there's students out there that think that our shit has flaws, even though I've tried very hard to make it a white glove thing. We do have, you know, at any given time, 100 active to 200 active students. And we've churned out lots and lots of people, a lot of success stories, but a lot of, you know, probably people who would say something about it. It's just, it's just the name of the game. Yeah. But one thing that these programs do is set, I think, again, unrealistic expectations um, because they just can't place everybody with a program doing 100k plus a month that have all of the volume of leads and incoming inbound stuff that they're going to want and also being able to, to 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 do what they need to do they need to be of the mindset that like you're going to make a better fucking wage than you would have anywhere else even at a mid-level program and company you're going to make better money than you probably like 99 of the people in the real world when you stick your head out of the internet bubble you're making better money than all of them probably and if you pick the right one or get placed with the right one who's growing, then you're, you're fucking set. You hitch your ride as a salesperson to somebody who starts to go up. That name brand means something later on. If you want to go out and do your own shit later on, or if you want to be able to go and, and, and build out your own name brand kind of thing, like being able to, to participate in a few of these growing companies, super, super fucking valuable. Yeah, for sure. Do you think that there's a certain type of person who makes a better salesperson? Uh, background yeah but it's i mean my honest opinion is like somehow you have to be like an asshole like grant cardone but then somewhere along the way somebody told you to shut the hell up that's <laughs> like you need you need to be able to be assertive because i'm fully fully i think that confidence in your solution is the number one thing that sells people but those people who are assholes who learn from like Grant Cardone and like Dan Loke and those kind of people who just like assert themselves constantly will scare away the money sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it's knowing and being able to be confident doing that thing that I told you earlier, finding that what is the one fucking thing that they're on the call for, make sure that your solution solves that build the bridge between the two and you'll be able to sell. But in order to do that first part, that calibrated how question to get that discovery part in, what did I have to do? I asked the question and then I shut up. And like, I don't know that I've met a lot of assertive salespeople that they're just like, they're, they're taught to just talk. Yeah. And this new habit of just like asking questions, we're not going to name names here, but the thing that just asking a question will solve all your fucking problems. Just ask that next question. Like, no, bro. If you've already got the answer to your question, shut up, move yeah. the conversation forward, like pull from a Jordan Belfort thing, if you want and walk the fucking straight line. Right. Like just keep going with the conversation because you're just you're talking yourself in loops by asking all these questions. Like you already got the thing. What they're here for this. Go solve that problem. Yeah. And that's it. Jay Daniel and I talk about it a lot, but it's like those type of people who should should have been punched in the face. You know? <laughs> like, like you just you just haven't been punched in the face, and that's why you are the way you are. 
Yeah, see, like this is why, like, because I I can be perceived as an asshole sometimes. Like, say people who know me say that I'm like walking a line, right, between wanting to hug me or punch me in the face all the time. But the reason I got to the hug me part of it was because I've grown up in on the east coast of a small town, so we punched each other in the face all the time. So yeah. I, I got the punch in the face. And now I'm a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're seeing, at least at least from my corner of sales, I'm seeing a surge of women come through and from what my experience a lot of the best salespeople have been women or or at least starting out and and getting into um hitting their strides earlier having better conversations asking better questions it's been women have you found the same in your i haven't had that experience to be honest but it it would be I, i could see why yeah, I think I think the ice breaking part of the conversation and the discovery part and the lowering your your barriers part of a conversation would probably be done faster just as the way that we react to a girl the other way around and also women to women too. They would just be more friendly with them, less automatic defenses going up, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I personally have not, I don't know. I'm trying to think all the all the programs we've bought have always been guys. All of our own salespeople have always been guys. We've had some setters that were girls. They did great. All mm-hmm. the guys want to talk to them in the mess <laughs> in the inbox. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, um, we've been we've been experiencing that. We had an episode a couple of weeks ago. Had some girls on, and they were just telling us all the DMs that they get. Like, oh, yeah. their basis. Oh, yeah. P- PSA oh. to anybody out there: if an attractive woman says they want to be your setter, just hire them right away because they'll <laughs> your response rates will go through the roof if nothing else. And then you just got to fix all the rest of your shit to make it work. But your response rates will go through the fucking roof, even if they're in the spammy request box. They'll answer it because you know guys yeah, be guys. True, it's true. Guys be guys. <laughs> So with GSD, you guys are, are ramping up. You guys are, are taking over. I, Raul said you guys took over um, at least one Facebook group at the time, taking over the guys' coaching program. You guys are growing and expanding something that's already seems pretty large. Um, how do you find that that scale, that ramp up is, is affecting like productivity in the business? Is it, is it to the point where things are smoothly going up and you have like zero hitches whatsoever, or is it you finding more hitches as you scale? No, I think at the moment, I would say we've been doing it pretty smoothly, but we built a lot of redundancies and foundational pieces beforehand. Um, and we also had the benefit of like having an agency, a full-fledged, like again, funnel builders, graphic designers, copywriters, video editors, that shit is stuff that a lot of coaching programs as they start to ramp up, they start looking around or having to do themselves and like, oh, what the fuck do I do? Like when, when you start the podcast today saying, you know, I see your content ramping up and going out everywhere. It's assisted a lot by the fact that we have all of these amazing uh, team members already in place. So it helps with scale. The fulfillment side of it, we always built in redundancies, um, meaning that we have multiple, multiple layers of support. So literally we have seven, I think, training calls where they can hop on all week long, we have question threads specific to topics. We have individual um, account management chats for them. We have one-on-one availability for them to book. And uh, we have a support group all, all available So for different levels of questions, different levels of support, different skills-based shit. So even with all of these people, and you can ask our, our clients, they still feel like they get my personal attention, even though there's like a fucking hundred of them, they still all feel like they could talk to me at any point. And it's true, they can. 
because there's all these different places. Some of them have different timed responses. Some of them are available on demand, but you can always get the help that you need. I could, I could confidently say, I think we're fine up to at least double the scale we're at right now. That's, that's the way we've built it before we'd have to expand out to, to having a bigger team. And that's a question of if we'd even want to at that point, because I like, yeah. I like the way that we have it going at the moment. Yeah. And, and I asked that because I, I see the same thing. A lot of businesses are like, yeah, let's scale, let's scale, let's scale. And their first thought is let's scale and they have nothing in place. So from my end, I, running a recruiting agency, it's, it's hard to place salespeople in, a, in an agency or in a business and they're, all they're thinking about is scaling and not infrastructure. So uh -huh. the salesperson comes in and the infrastructure is, is non-existent or they you know get an interview and there's nothing there and they're like, yeah, I don't want it. And then I'm getting looked at like, hey, you sent me these people and how come it's not working? You know what I mean? So, so I like that you brought that up. So I don't know if you know this, but on the agency side, we actually run the ads for, you know, the ads or and or marketing department for quite a few of the, the call them gurus and other coaches and that kind of stuff out there. We've got lots of testimonials and stuff from those guys. You can check them out in our group, but what I've seen a lot, and we made this mistake a lot early on and we've stopped now is now we actually on the agency side, I only, we only take on referrals specifically, and we only take on fairly high budgets. Um, and the reason we do that beyond even that, if you have the budget to pay us and you're referred, if you don't have the actual infrastructure in place, we won't do it. Your options are to go through our program and get set up and then do it, or just to, to walk on. And that's specifically because, especially for ads. So when we're doing ads and this works for sales teams too, like if you place a salesperson and there's nothing being able to feed them at all, and they have to be a setter and they weren't ready to be a setter, they're not going to want to do that. If you place a setter even, and they don't have a group or a single Facebook friend, and they got to send cold DMs all day, and they weren't ready to be sending cold DMs all day, they're not going to want to do that, right? And so I think a lot of times people will get stuck in this situation where it's like, you know, they're like, oh, marketers make all these big promises. Well, no, we, we can make big fucking promises for people who have the right shit in place. I tell people this all the time, whatever you can do, as long as the A, B, and C are there, say you can do it. And then when they don't have it in place, cool, that's fine. We have this lower package, right? Where we're going to catch all the rest of the leads. We're going to help you get to there. And then we're going to help you do that, right? Because you have to do this first. And for us, a lot of it is building, making sure you have a sales team, making sure that you have like a CRM and follow-up system structure, making sure you have a middle of funnel nurture system, whether that's a community, whether that's something else, right? There needs to be these things in place so that we're monetizing and not always chasing front-end sales because it's really hard in today's day and age to just constantly be chasing front-end ROAS because your margins will never be good enough. But if you're building up and monetizing in the back, you can make that work, right? But it's these structural things that I think people get ahead of themselves and they're like, oh, I can make this big promise. And then when they talk to you and you're like, you got to get here first. And they're like, fuck you. You told me you're going to do this thing. They give in and like, well, maybe we can make it work. Maybe I can just launch this shit and, and it'll work or we'll shove this salesperson in here. And because they're a sales God, they'll be able to do it. And they, they just skip their own processes and systems instead of doing what you should do, which is, Hey, they came to you to be the expert. Yeah. So you have to, you have to assert yourself. I've had people in the past come and try and, and fire us as an agency or they were they were complaining and on the verge of going to fire us as an agency and I came in and I asserted the 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 authority and took control of the conversation because our project manager at the time was just letting them dictate they're like oh this direction this direction I came in I'm like all oh, of this is this is nonsense I'm coming in so I came in I'm like this, these decisions you're making um, are incorrect we told you that in the beginning and this is why this is all wrong. This is why this is not working. And here, here's what we would, would have to do 
but I don't want to move forward with you any further because you're not building out the proper systems we talked about in the beginning and you're complaining about this shit. And I told you what we need to do to work. Here's the path in front of it. Here's how you do it. Here's the assets that we already built for you. Go do it, come back. And that turned into from them trying to fire us to them begging us to not fire them because yeah. they understood, oh shit. Yeah, now I remember you are the expert in this. That is why we were talking in the first place. Please don't give up on me and help me do it. And people need to remember that. If they could have done it in the first place, if they knew what they needed to have in place to make it work, then you wouldn't have never had the first conversation to be getting yeah. it. Anyway. Yeah. That's like the best sales energy to have as well, just on a sales call. Because I think that's how most of them get derailed. Like you forget you're the expert. They try to take control. And they've they just, they just become yes men. Somewhere along the way, salespeople decided that all the conversations of a sales call was supposed to be, yes, I could do that. Yes, I could do that. Yes, that'll happen. Yeah, that'll go. Cool, cool, cool buy my shit yeah no that's not how it fucking works man expert you know doctor patient figure it out yeah it, that, that's great I, I it's it's kind of it's funny because we we've come across it a lot and even on a, a much smaller scale from a recruiting agency what we do it's it's a lot of hey this is what i need this is what i need this is what i need i need to scale i need to make you know, all this money and there's nothing in place to do that. And you, you get on a call with them and you're like, well, I can't help you. And then it's like, well, you said blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, well, wait a second. I promise you, I could get you a salesperson if you have the things in need, but let me explain to you why this won't work. I had a call with a lady this week. She was talking to me about one of the people I placed her with and he went through and made zero sales in 45 days. Mm -hmm. And so he came back to me and he's like, this is what's going on. Um, this is what she said in the beginning, and this is what's actually there. And so I walked her down and said, this is what we talked about in the beginning, and this is why this isn't working. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just, you want people? I'll say she's looking for people, fine. But from me, it's not coming from me. It's not, I can't help you in that end because you don't have what's in place. The process is in place in order to make this work. It doesn't make any sense for me to put a salesperson with you for them to struggle just as much as my guy struggled and it's one of those things where it's like, okay, it's a light bulb that goes off in my head. It's like, all right, you need to vet a little bit harder. You need to push a little bit more. You need to qualify your questions a little differently so that way you can get more information from the job. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, that, that is the power of no right there. I mean, it's just, you get, I tell people all the time, everybody wants, you know, fuck you money, fuck you money. I'm like, no, 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 no. What you want is a fuck you business. Because there's nothing that feels better than saying no to a client that you know is going to be a headache. Because when we've all, when we all first started, we just say yes to everybody. Oh, you know, plumber client. I'm, I'm a real estate agency, but I've got plumber clients and, and you know, gyms and fitness people. And I'm going to a BNI and taking every Tom, Dick, and Harry I hear over there. But eventually you get to a point where you learn it's like, no, I tell, I tell all of our students and everything. I'm like, look, just create a balance. It's a, it's a scale. Okay. As soon as the scale tips to where the client is more of a pain in the ass and taking up more time out of your day than it would take to replace them with a better client, cut them. Yeah. It's hard to do because you're like, ah, I want that fucking money. But that time that you're spending on them will get you that money back, probably more money back and you'll be a happier person. And those energy levels are going to determine how far you can actually scale. That's awesome. Cody, I love that you came on with us, that you had this conversation. It's like we got a free coaching session. And like, honestly, I I, I love what you guys are doing. I love you and, and Rahul. I watch your content. I follow your stuff. 
I've, like I told you in the DMs, like I've been a fan for a while um, and I've, I've had conversations with Rahul and you guys are doing it and you're doing it for real and you're not, you're, you're holding everyone accountable in what you're doing and how you're doing it. And it's amazing to see if there's one thing you could leave to a salesperson coming in, who's like, man, I watched this interview and I want to work for this guy. What's one piece of advice you could give them about that? Don't get stuck on scripts. Scripts should be known as frameworks for a reason. And when you learn from new people, you've probably, if you're watching this podcast, you've listened to me rattle off a bunch of fucking names, Chris Voss, right? You've heard me say Jordan Belfort. You've heard me say potentially Eli Wild, Good to Great by Jim Collins, like all these people. The worst thing I've seen salespeople do is every time they learn from a new person, they go all in, they dedicate their whole heart to them. They forget everything else that they fucking learned and they start fresh. Another reference to that book, Good to Great, is pushing a flywheel. It's like a giant metal wheel that you're pushing in one direction. Eventually, one of those pushes looks like you've been spinning it with ease, but every one of the first ones moves it just an inch. Every time you take a new program and you try and forget everything you did before and relearn all this new shit, it's like stopping that momentum, turning it in a new direction and putting all your effort into pushing it again. You're starting from scratch. You're going back to the starting line. The thing that I do, I have a binder. And it literally has all of my little tiny things that I picked out, calibrated how questions here, straight line method there, looping people here, all of these different things and line one-liners and roles and, and strategies that I like to use at different parts of the framework. Start to create your own system that fits your personality and your confidence. And oh, you know, you got to mold it to the way that the people want it around you in the offer. But when you start to do that, that's when you become a unique salesperson, something that you can't just churn out of a factory and you could become invaluable to the company that you're working with. Awesome. Great advice. Well, guys, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks, Cody, for coming on. We appreciate you. We appreciate the time and effort you put into us and the, the knowledge that you dropped. Um, we look forward to seeing your content, seeing you guys blow up even more, and hopefully we'll work together in the future. Cool. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Good afternoon.